4: I'm eating a dirtbag snow cone, aka a frozen Mike's Hard Lemonade. Uh-huh. Ooh, and it's <laughs> that great.
2: Sounds delicious. It <laughs> it
4: absolutely is.
5: Uh, is it? Have you like uh, stirred it up so it's like kind of like icy esque, or is it? Are you just like scraping off chunks of truly frozen shit? I
4: uh, I poured a few into like just a big Ziploc bag.
1: Mm-hmm. And then okay. I just
4: froze it, and you can—it breaks up really easily because the alcohol doesn't—I
1: don't know—doesn't know. freeze very easily. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it, it just
4: has like a snow cone consistency. Love cooking
1: that. with Johnny.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
5: dirt bag snow
2: cone. I know I how to love make it. sourdough bread and a and a dirt bag snow well. cone.
0: <laughs> I usually have a dirt bag snow cone served to me in a sourdough cup. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way to have it. <laughs> that's vile. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ha, ha, ha.
0: So the fight has ended, but we still need to deal with the fact that there is an enemy ship that the Uhuru has soundly trounced in combat, who attacked you, tried to steal your most valuable cargo, did it by coordinating with traitorous crew members, There needs to be a response to this. Um, Mm. I I think I'd like to cut to a little bit in the future into Oromar's office. Uh, Oromar, I feel like the captain's council might be here, or Mm. do you want to be contemplating alone for a second? What's your... Uh,
1: No, I think the council can be here because I need a bit of help. It was uh, all fun and games. I love to, love to, love to sow, <laughs> I uh, hate reaping. Um, I have, you know, exerted a large amount of my self-control and magical energy to turn my left arm into a sword. Now that I have calmed down, I cannot remember what I need to do. Because this is the thing that, this is the thing that Oromo has never done before. So that arm um, still in the meeting room mm-hmm. in in Arma's office is still oh. a bloody sword. <laughs> Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. Gnarly as hell. Mm.
1: And uh, don't worry, it's not all my blood. <laughs> <laughs> and is signing with their free hand.
0: Oh, my God. It's uh, going to be so hard to talk.
1: <laughs> I, I guess. And we're going to, uh, you know, they're, they're competent enough to be able to sign even with one hand because they tend to do so when they're being casual. So initially you kind of get the impression that they're being very laissez-faire and then you realise that it's because they they can't sign formally with both hands to... (laughs)
0: This has gotta be a huge problem for nonverbal necromancers all the time. Like a common speech impediment is that you just have a sword, a nasty bone sword for a hand. You know? Because you like you forget after battle mm-hmm. you oh, when you do Ex- your cool speech. One in fifteen
1: necromancers or... suffers from bloody sword hand syndrome. <laughs> and for just $9.98 a month, you two can support necromancers <laughs> like these. <laughs> this is very sad looking or mobile. Vale. Um anyway. <laughs> First things first, he says, signing to all three of you being in the room. Very sorry, Gable. Hmm? In severe circumstances like these, I should be helping to steer the ship, and I left it entirely out under your control. I was too preoccupied to be thinking of other matters. You've handled things astoundingly. Thank you.
2: Uh oh! I we we weren't even. I think a mutiny is a unique enough experience where I think that going a, a little bit off message is, is fine. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, we didn't. Not a lot happened up top. We had a pretty good time. Every everyone's alive. <laughs> no one got hurt. I did lightning. Uh, I
5: did lightning.
2: <laughs> I did lightning, and we still got some bodies in the balloon. But otherwise. A-okay. If there was ever a time where you didn't need to be there, mm. <laughs>
1: Actually, deck
2: is better than when you found it. Somehow it got cleaner.
1: <laughs> Orma pauses. I'll think about what that means later. <laughs> it refers to, like, bodies in the balloon. He, looks, <laughs> he can't look confused. because Don't worry, expre- they are facial... being,
2: they're being boiled. So mm. don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the captain nods. Yeah. Uh, Janet, uh, are you are you okay?
5: <laughs> wow! <laughs> I just wow! Uh, everyone, mm-hmm. wow! Did you all see that the lightning that Gable did? Y-
1: yes. <laughs> I just just a simple slide. Just yes.
5: <laughs> wow! Also, mm-hmm. where did that ship come from? Also, we're not going to go back to like, we're, we're done with this. Sh- we're we're not, we're not worried about it
2: following us or anything like that. It's,
5: this is, this is a question for the group.
2: Oh, uh, I, I think that it's on the ground and we should be boarding it shortly. I if, We're going to uh, board so the like, ship? Kind of TikTok. Let's. Uh, I oh, need to have
1: for- uh, a conversation with them. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to gather my thoughts. So,
5: um, Janet, John, Janet points to the captain's normal hands, like so, like a conversation. Or Janet points to his bone
1: hand, yeah. or like a conversation. <laughs> yeah, or-, 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 or is kind of like almost yeah. In response, just kind of puts the sword arm like behind his back, <laughs> kind of like
0: mm. uh, Nathan. I would like a flashback. Mm. And I would like this, again, to be a flashback to early in Oromar's career. Mm -hmm. This is Oromar being at, like, 16 years old. Mm. Um, He and Calivar are looking pretty rough. Worse for wear. The ship, we can tell is in not great condition and Orimar is like kind of walking away from the crew with Calvar and spit at his side. And as they round the corner towards the captain's office, well, we can't let, we can't just let him get away with this says Calvar spit goes, captain. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what, what you want to do, but Somebody attacks a ship like this. We, we can't can't just let them go away. And we see out of one of the porthole windows, a red feather ship is bound to the Uhuru. Mm. It has been boarded. There is smoke billowing up around from from cannon fire, but this ship is clearly
1: defeated. Oromar genuinely looks pretty torn up, like, emotionally there is a lot of uh, hard of stealing oneself in handling these kind of life and death situations. I, I think in their kind of like defecting from the Red Feathers, all they needed to do is care about the survival of themselves. But now we have a ship and a crew and um, I think at this at this point in time, Oromar is like my newfound family it would be part of that list. And it is no longer a matter of just having to look after himself, he has to look after so many other people, and that the emotional burst of having to look after so many people, and now that that has subsided because we've won or almost falling apart a little bit he doesn't really know what to do with himself or how to kind of like uh, compartmentalize the, the emotional strain of having to kind of do this sort of thing, but he still has things to solve he still has to be a, a stony-faced leader because that's what the job requires and uh, at the moment at this particular moment in time he's kind of like i don't know, I don't know. i'm just glad we managed to <clears throat> i'm just glad that we managed to do this without too much um too too much spilt blood on either side honestly spit
0: puts a hand on Orimar's shoulder and like gently ushers him into the captain's quarters and motions for Calvar for to come in and be silent and Spit closes the door behind them. Captain, you've got about 15 minutes
1: to make a decision. For fuck's sake, Spit. I'm, I'm not mad at you. It's just...
0: 15 minutes and take what time you need to have those feelings here.
1: Orimar goes over, I think he's kept some of the just general medals, medallions, badges, various other bits and pieces that you get for working with the red feathers and being an established He's not big He wasn't big time, but there's some prestige in what he managed to achieve while working under and kind of holds one of those keepsakes and looks at it for a while what the red feathers value more than anything else is uh, resources they take their pride in their amassing of wealth and human lives to them also count as wealth those human lives own are only valuable for the resources that they can provide to let's just take everything from them we leave the crew alive but there's nothing on the ship that could get, keep running, no fuel, no food take the clothes if you want to let them rebuild their themselves from scratch if nothing else, that will take time time where we can cement ourselves elsewhere time where they can maybe rethink what they want to do with their lives
0: and what about what about the defectors
1: i don't want to cage them up that would make me a hypocrite they can either roam free in these hostile lands with nothing or die with perfect allegiance to their own philosophies i suppose
0: no you see Calavar, he looks uncomfortable for a minute He gives you a look that is familiar to you, where you know he is not saying something.
1: Hmm. I know this burns inside of you the same way it does for me, which, in a meta sense, we know is not true. But... Well, it might be at this point. hmm. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't necessarily know how Calivar feels, but I think Oromar assumes that even though there's clearly verbal a sense that Calavar is thinking differently, that they are philosophically on the same page here, whether that is true or not. But he says, you know, I know that this burns inside you the same way it does for me. If you truly feel it best to make sure that none of them remain alive, I don't want to put that burden on you. We will do that together.
0: It's more than that. Oh. If we abandon them, or we strike them down, compliment is 35. We need 35 people to sail this ship, and they gotta come from somewhere.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> it feels like a weird and twisted game to go through a mutiny and then take a compliment of that and then make them work alongside us anyway. I don't think
0: it comes from mutineers. I think we got to offer to the people that we defeated. That's the only way.
1: True. I suppose uh, maybe they're... uh, emotional sabbatical of where they need to be doesn't necessarily need to be wandering the wastes. Sometimes you can find yourself in the bottom of a bucket of soapy water or uh, shoveling fuel into a fire. Meditative work. (laughs) He laughs for long enough hoping that someone in the room will also find humor in it and laugh with him and when no one does it just trails into silence spit alright then captain I hope you
0: know that you're gonna have to be making that speech
1: and Oromar takes a deep breath looks I like there's like a small porthole out the back of the office to the outside
0: I feel like we can allow big picture windows. That's what all the Hollywood movies do for, for Captain. Although there are portholes here because we do know Gable has shoved themselves through one of them mm-hmm. more than one occasion. Uh, so. he,
1: he looks out through one and takes a deep breath and we can see the form of him kind of take that in and out. Almost maybe reflective of that blasting into the whistle early, although not as extreme. And he turns round and uh, he has the same winning smile, the same charismatic, programmed, well-taught red feather smile that he gave, that we saw uh, when he like murdered the per- the red feather who tried to-, to capture him in that mutiny. And uh, says, well, I was headhunted myself. So I suppose I know all the steps to the process.
0: Spit smiles, it is like the the grim smile of someone n- that knows that somebody has difficult work ahead of them and goes I'll set the preparations.
1: Gentlemen, let us do some aggressive recruitment.
0: And we, we cut back to the future. Travis There is something that weighs in your pocket. Now, normally, Johnny, as as a player, I would be asking you questions like, did you read that book or Mm. glance through that book that you picked up in the middle of the fight? And since I know the answer to that is no... Based on my experience as a game master, the question that I instead have for you, Johnny, is: How does Travis accidentally see a page of the book against his will? How does fate? <laughs> how does oh fate God. push this information irrevocably into his mind? So you said the the book is in his pocket. Mm-hmm.
4: I think he's looking for something else in his pockets, and is just kind of tossing stuff that is like, oh, what the hell is this? Just on a table, and it just like f- flops open.
0: Oh, I like that. Uh, let's make it the the captain's table. I like. Why are you searching through so- for something in your pockets? I, I I like that. Like everybody's having this meeting about what are we gonna do with this other ship, uh, and you're just like, gotta get something. I'll tell pocket. you
4: exactly what it is. In the f- in, throughout the course of the fight, Travis did get a, a hangnail and is looking for uh, like an emery board, <laughs> which he always keeps in his pockets.
0: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Travis is like haphazardly throwing about a bunch of watches uh, from That's people mime. that That's he has mime.
2: stolen. That's uh, mine. Okay, this is all mine. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, then, why, then why was it in my pocket? Because you took it, because you stole it, because
0: it's mine. <laughs> okay, but I'll... And the book comes out and falls open in front of Oromar. Oromar, you can see on the page, this is a cipher for the messages that they were getting from agents of the silver bullet Mm. and moving back and forth between them. This page just so happens to be the last page with the last message that was sent between the ships that they received from agents of the bullet on it. And as you read these words, ice grips your heart. As they say... Long live the great King Gina. Mm. Now, what does that mean to everyone else? Nothing. But Nathan, I think you know what that means to Oromar. Mm. At least on some level. The great King Gina is something of of a cultural myth for the people of Bendari. Mm. And a myth that was deeply important to Oromar. The Great King Gina is someone that helped the Bandari in the early days build their culture. Mm-hmm. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of folk tales starring the Great King Gina and his life in the early days, long before the stars fell, long before Old Bandari was old Bandari, long before even a person sailed the seas was the great king Gina and the adventures that he would have talking to the animals around Bendari learning the lessons that helped the Bendari people eventually become the Bendari people making the deals that made the culture of Bendari the great thing that it was but great king Gina also wrote the laws the mm-hmm. laws that helped show the Bandari people who they were, the laws that proved through the ages to guide and oversee Bandari, maybe not to the great heights of prosperity that some of the colonial states surrounding Bandari might have reached, but because of that, it was a better kind of prosperity. One where everyone who lived in Bandari had enough to eat. When folks fell ill, they were seen to and taken care of, and one that still allowed them to build the greatest ships that ever graced the seas of Sphere. The great King Gina was someone that Oromar was obsessed with. The idea of a king.
1: The prototypical ideal of a benevolent king. And although Oromar would never necessarily admit as such, if you knew those bits and pieces about the, the history, it would be... Almost, I, I think a Bandari person would be able to effortlessly connect the dots on Oromar's kind of like adoption of those myths and ideals onto themselves. Mm. Maybe and even a the bit one- born faced uh, But, <laughs> yeah.
0: There are two people, to your mind, who knew about you and King Gina and the connection between you because really there are only two people who know enough about Bandari left to your knowledge mm. and those were the bandit queen whom you have told of your homeland mm. and the stories that made you into the man that you are and Calavar.
1: Yeah. Oromar's body not moving is not really a surprise for the the crew at hand but the soul inside stops vibrating really and almost kind of shrinks down to like a pinpoint as uh, they are introspective for a moment both of these outcomes both of these potential suspects are in- impossible for the circumstances at hand absolutely impossible there could be no way but then if there was somebody else out there a theoretical third person that knew the legends that internalized the virtues well one what a coincidence to run into them and two if they know me and know the myths why on earth would they stop me
0: yeah With that information, I would, before we fully decide what we are going to do with this enemy ship, Mm. there's one more piece of information that we all as players need to know and we will all create together. We need to know who the captain of the silver bullet is. So I would like for you, because knowing what we know about the silver bullet is a ship of snipers. Mm -hmm. They have these birds. They, you know, sabotage people's furnaces through the sails. They dress like absolute assholes. (laughs) Who is this captain? I want each of you to give me one fact about the captain of the silver bullet. Then we will name this person. And that information will be information that you kind of all know.
5: Mm. I feel like mine might be a twofer because marksman asks, like, where's an eye patch, always ready to start sniping, and carries a, like a toothpick around, like, and is always like grotesquely fiddling with it with his tongue, Ugh. and it's like kind of sucking at it and. <sighs> this is good
1: Mm. yeah i was gonna say that their tongue is actually annoyingly long
5: oh my god
3: (laughs) 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 you know
4: in like old cartoons when a cowboy would like roll his own cigarette and he would like hold his tongue out to hold the rolling paper on you know like (laughs) that's what i imagine yeah
1: yeah
3: Yeah,
1: i don't know whether it's necessarily prehensile but i can see the key art of this character kind of have their tongue out like a kind of thing (laughs) it's just too long i Uh, think
4: he does whatever the equivalent of like uh, you know how cowboys would roll their own cigarettes i think he rolls he like braids his own rope or something
5: whatever (laughs) whatever that equivalent would be Also, I feel like I'm going to amend one of mine. I feel like it's a little bit more annoying if like he just has an eye patch, but he never puts it down. He's just got it like Mm. hanging right above his like Mm. left eyebrow.
0: I mean, that is like the reason, one of the reasons that pirates wore eye patches, because pirates absolutely wore eye patches because they lost eyes. But yeah. even pirates with two eyes would have eye patches because if you were moving up between top deck and, and lower deck, mm-hmm. moving to lower deck, if you had both of your eyes kind of fully open top deck, it would be really hard to see in the darkness below deck. So they would wear an eye patch so that when they got below deck, they could move it to the other eye and have like one eye that was kind of used to the dark uh, Mm. and be able to move between those adjustments very evenly. So I like the idea that this captain has this eye patch because they are trying to project themselves as a working person. Like, mm. this is somebody who's like, yeah, I do the real work. They do not do the real work. Right. They wear the accoutrement of someone who does the real work, but they don't actually do it.
2: In that vein, I like the idea of this character being like, they were very much, and the reason like why this ship is painted and why this mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of trickery and pretense.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> His backstory is that he was just on a merchant ship. He wasn't even the captain of a merchant ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then his entire crew died. And then someone discovered this kind of ghost ship out in the middle of nowhere. And they asked him, what happened? Well, w- what happened? Like, well, we were attacked and I fought valiantly and I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm i the only survivor, I, but everyone else passed away. But with through my pa- prowess, I, I I'm, a, I'm a very powerful man, and I did it. And it's too bad everyone everyone died. But I should be the captain now. Oops. But really, what mm. happened was that everyone just got cholera or something. Mm. <laughs> like there was an illness. <laughs> well, was-
0: I I think that we're learning that this is a former ship's cook who absolutely killed everyone on board the ship with bad food,
1: <laughs> mm. intentionally or accidentally that's a question because if he's a if he's a saboteur by nature what then i I, what if he's like a a typhoid mary
4: type and at first he didn't realize and then he did and then kept on going Mm -hmm.
0: oh yeah he realizes what happens and goes i could actually take everything Mm -hmm. yeah Ooh, nasty
1: oh wow all
0: right what is this person's name
1: I kind of want it to be gun-themed to match the name of the ship and the fact that they're mm-hmm. all snipers, but I don't know that many things about gun. Please tell me a cool word about gun. Kill. Uh, <laughs> Hilt, hammer, powder.
5: Nicholas Hammer. No. Um, uh, Army Hammer.
2: Nope. <laughs> nope.
5: No. Nope. He eats people. Uh,
2: Army uh, Hammer. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? I I, I like pod. the idea... Oh, that's his name.
5: Armand.
0: Armand. Armand. Mm. Uh, We could use Glock in
1: there. Like (laughs) it is
0: kind of a very evocative,
1: like Glock Winchester. Winchester's. Like Winchester rifle, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. If they're snipers, yeah, no. then I guess a rifle name makes sense.
4: We do, we do have to take a history of guns course to graduate high school. So,
0: huh? Oh yeah, it's Florida. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you are you are you no, serious?
1: No, 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 no. No, okay. no, no.
0: God, could you? Uh... I I got to tell you Nathan you would probably be surprised how gun oriented some of my education was in my history courses mm. like literally they taught us that one of the things that allowed the wild western period of american history to come to an end mm. was a particular type of firearm being developed like that is something that was absolutely part of my education so. the new
1: tech.
2: instead of guns germs and steel we have to read guns 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 guns
4: guns too
0: yeah. um,
1: <laughs> and we bring it back
4: the only reason i know winchester <laughs> is because
1: of the spooky the, house the
0: supernatural
1: um no mm-hmm. but no i like winchester yeah. as a as like a as a name i, I think that's cool
0: winchester so Armand Winchester? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah.
1: How snooty.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: In my head, for some reason, he talks like like an old-timey Shakespearean
1: actor. Verily, we like, did board thine mm-hmm. ship.
2: <laughs> Ian McKellen on his off hours. Mm-hmm. Or like Kenneth <laughs> Branagh. Yes, yeah, Branagh, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm going to try
2: for uh, that. We'll see how close I get. Second well,
1: James. We've established that he's a bit of a faker. So if you can't maintain it, that's entirely within character, honestly. Yeah. D- hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Th- Nathan, thank you so much.
0: I recently to listened to me. the
1: episode where you did an Italian accent for five seconds and then was like, no, I can't. So-
0: I never heard <laughs> we all have limits we
1: can't all be superhuman james
0: <laughs> he died
1: <laughs>
0: that wasn't see that he he died so like that's that's why fine. that is why that happens
2: he did uh, so bad you killed
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone else ever done an accident so bad they killed a the man i don't think so <laughs> um Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I am so excited to tell you that this week, on Thursday, we're going to be uploading the first part of Campaign Skyjacks, Azure Blues. The newest bonus content series for Campaign Skyjacks. This one picks up right on the heels of the last one, following Jolly Jack Tinkerson, played by Patrick Rothfuss, Margaret, played by myself, and Jolly Jack's second-in-command, Gerace, played by Amy Vorpal, on an all-new adventure. That furthers Margaret's story, and helps us learn more about the mysterious figure that is Jolly Jack. This series is going to be six parts long, and I think we're posting it every other week, starting next Thursday. I'm so excited with the way this turned out. It was edited by our very own Allie Grower. And the performances everyone delivered are amazing. You have been pounding at the door for more Margaret content, and now you have it. So get ready on Thursday for a fun listen, and I hope you enjoy. That bonus content is, of course, available thanks to our backers on Patreon. Uh, It's not just the bonus content, though. Those Patreon backers also help us make this show that you're listening to right now. And before we get back to the episode, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of them. Sarah Yoshi, thank you. Hey Flick, thank you so much. Madely Bull, thank you. Schneefink, thank you so much. Kalia, thank you very much. Kelly Shepard, thank you. Joy Rideau, thank you very much. Wasse Monkey, thank you. Jacob McGarry, thank you very much. Kurtz Azmi, thank you so much. Matthew Meenigan, thank you. Ayane Katz, thank you so much. Brian Hurt or Brian Heert, thank you so much. Mike, thank you very much. John, thank you. Andy R, thank you so much. Tony Nur, thank you. Brett Voles, thank you so much. Jess Brooks, thank you very much. Peter Ayler's, thank you. Alexander Criswell, thank you so much. And David Burns, thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Thanks to all of you, we're not only able to make this show, but make bonus content for this show. And listener, if you're out there thinking, I would like to listen to some of that bonus content, then worry not. All you have to do is go to Patreon.com slash OneShotPodcast and sign up to be a supporter for $5 a month or more. That gets you access to that bonus content and helps you join this list of names. And the more support we get, the more we can do cool stuff like Azure Blues.
5: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now then, with
0: all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Great. So that is, you know of Captain Armand Winchester. The the things that you know about his reputation is that he he projects airs, is a lot of what he does. The artifice is so much entwined with with who he is and and what he does. There is definitely going to be in your negotiation, like a lot of brinksmanship, I I think is probably the best way to put it. Mm. Like he, he is, he's going to be trying to claim larger stakes than, than he has. And that is going to be the hurdle that you have to overcome.
3: Mm. And Mm.
0: also you kind of have to decide now how severely you are going to deal with all of this. you have to consider the facts that like, Yeah, this was a terrible crime perpetrated against the Uhuru. At the end of the day, you still need to be able to have the respect of your crew Mm -hmm. and yourself. There's a lot riding on how you decide to handle this. And you've handled complicated situations in the past. And you have your counsel around you to grant their advice or opinion yes
1: and i think out of character as well i am very happy to take on suggestions on how to handle uh this sort of thing first things first though rmr still with one side of himself battered and bloody not all of the blood his was like i need to conceal uh, my current circumstances and there's like a A wardrobe, because you know, when he was alive, he had his his vestments available, Mm. and he rummages around inside and pulls out an asymmetrical cape. Very, very regal looking. It's purple. Oh, I love it, love it. With a very fancy-looking clasp that sits in the middle of the chest. Mm. And turns to Gable and is like, if you wouldn't mind assisting.
2: Gable gets the cape over Orimar, mm-hmm. covers up accidentally, like, hits himself on the b- bone. <laughs> like, ow. Sorry. I don't,
1: I don't. Yeah, it sucks to touch. <laughs> this, this very feels much like the, the outside of a body. Um, this very much feels like the inside of a body on the outside.
4: Uh, real quick, there should uh, this
1: glistening of- meat available to the open air.
4: Can we get a clean take John, of it? You- it sucks
1: to touch? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah please, please just a, a quick cl- and clean so that for for the audio we just want to make sure that we got it it sucks to touch it STT, sucks to touch Tyler stepped on you a little bit there so we do we got uh, just a clean
1: <sighs> it sucks to touch mm. go again yes cool nice awesome. clean. I, mean, Thank you. I could I could read that a couple of different ways oh yeah one. do a fun we, one we got it yeah, yeah have fun with it please yeah. it sucks do do? to touch oh that's so Ooh. fun thank you thank you for making yeah, you <laughs> uh, i'll uh, be Gable's invoicing put- you for the <laughs> recording tomorrow
2: thank you oh for uh, uh, <laughs> uh the audition is unpaid i'm sorry <laughs> uh gable puts the cape on and says okay you're gonna want to it will catch so just kind of like fling it they tie a little sailor's knot on the on the other side, like the, mm-hmm. a fancy one, so it looks like a fun little bow tie. Uh, you know, we could also we could also just like take a little bit more from Travis if you wanted to to fix it. Just, just a little. A little. Hmm?
1: Yeah. yeah. Orama looks at know? Travis and is like, "I could restore my arm, but it might be a tax on you. Is that okay?"
2: Yeah, it's okay. Travis, you're fine with it.
4: I mean, how much of a tax if
1: you were to give it a numeric value? Just do
2: it! Just do it!
1: Um, Orimar genuinely thinks in his head for a second, like, what's the sign language for imaginary number? Like, I. um, (laughs) Because he has no idea. (laughs) All he does in response to that in terms of a numerical value, he just shrugs with one shoulder at you.
4: <laughs> well, I mean it's fine if you don't what, what does happen if I get all the way down on strain?
0: You would be very tired. Oh. Like people can pass out, you know? Mm. So I could potentially take a
4: nap and not have to deal with any of this? <laughs>
0: No, would, uh, I, I would throw you, Johnny O'Mara. Would then be doing a dream sequence scene with me. as <laughs> uh, uh, well. you
2: don't want yeah. that? All right, just leave it. Just leave <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I think I think it's actually an interesting piece of drama if Aramis still has the sword arm.
2: Are but. we
0: sure we don't want to just randomly? through happenstance and different players' choices uh, create a brand new wild plot element for Travis because <laughs> every time, we kind of do it every arc. Every time <laughs> Al, his strain gets to zero, it's
4: like, uh, and he starts to dream, it's like in Beetlejuice when they leave the house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I know that, I think in talking with uh, James, if Oromar hits zero strain, the soul falls out of the body, so, yes. uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Which is an interesting thing I might want to explore at some point. Yeah. But, uh,
2: when I'm at zero strain, it just goes into my wounds, and then I'm fine.
0: hmm Well, you're Gable. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You're a cool, very strong angel himbo. <laughs> thembo. Uh, but I wish I had the physical constitution therein, but, uh,
2: in my opinion, I think the last time we crashed a ship and destroyed all of the members of the crew inside, it worked out pretty good. The civility just being swallowed into the sea, we got it handled the problem. It added to your to uh, the collective Uhuru esteem and fear. Mm. And uh, then we didn't have to talk to anyone. And Ar- then
1: Arma uh, signs back like, I faintly remember that. Uh, oh yeah, Dref you were made there. me jump down several floors, and my legs snapped in two, mm-hmm.
2: that's like not a Great doll. memories. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the or the the face remains impassive. You get an air of like indignance. I think you know. Don't treat my body like a crash test dummy. Don't. <laughs> that's that's my decision to make, Dref Wormwood. Mm.
2: So that's my opinion. But then again, I. <laughs> As far as I know, this is a very low stakes situation because the fight never came to me. Mm. I just had a good time with my friends on the deck.
1: Mr. Winchester clearly needs to see my face in person. Such a letter of invitation this was.
0: Janet. how are you feeling Gable kind of like offhandedly almost like mentioned the idea of leaving this other crew to die. You know what you did to those sails. You know that they're probably not going to be able to repair that. Uh, certainly before they run out of fuel and drop into this lake. And
5: you've seen the seals that are around here. I also think that, John, it, at this point, the the news of our casualties during this fight have made its way to Jonnet. And for what it's worth, Jonnet does not feel remorse about the idea of potentially leaving these folks to, like, the consequences that they brought upon themselves. They crossed the Uhuru. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think he's just overall dizzy from the everything that just happened, but I, I don't think he bats an eye at the notion of letting them get the fate that they've asked
2: for. I, I think that's why Gable is advocating for it too. Like they killed two of our people. They yeah. attempted a mutiny. We owe them literally nothing, less than nothing.
5: Hmm. John, it kind of like shakes off the, take the energy from Travis. Um, <laughs> and And just kind of settles into... If <laughs> slurp his strain, <laughs> um, but uh, it's like, it's like, we don't owe them anything, but if you want to talk to them, then let's board that ship.
1: <laughs> RMR thinks, but is maybe a little too tired to say, you know, back in my day, if you wanted to court a person, you invited them out to a dinner and a dance, not mutiny the ship. <laughs> flirting people, that, like, is, is, is romance dead? He, he, he internalizes, his, uh, he instead signs to the rest of the crew. Yes, I would like to speak to Mr. Winchester. It doesn't have to be long, but this is clearly what they want.
0: Then I think we cut to a shot of the Uhuru and the Silver Bullet docking together. There are white flags flying around the silver bullet, clearly indicating their surrender. The Uhuru, limping as it is, I think everyone on both ships is in the middle of repairs right now. We can see a large number of crew have made their way to the Envelope canopy on the Silver Bullet, trying to find a way to patch the massive line, the massive streak hole that Janet tore in that envelope.
5: As as like they're making their approach and the docking process is happening, we see we see like a, an insert of people like like trying to patch this uh, this this sail, and then we see like. It gets be. It gets the shot gets dirty with Janet's shoulders, shoulder, and then we flip around to see Janet looking at them, and he's just got like just like a very satisfied smirk on his face.
0: <laughs> yeah, seeing your handiwork, you you dealt a major blow. That they are going to be repairing this for a long time, if they manage to do it at all. The Uhuru doesn't look wonderful right now. <laughs> uh, it is still running on as heavy a burn as it can as there is only one of the furnaces that is fully active. The stacks for the main and rear furnace are both being adjusted. They have massive holes torn in them. So that iron is being patched over with leather. Until you can reach a port you are probably going to be dealing with inefficient furnaces there. Having only the floor furnace to burn means that the ship is going to be moving slowly. That's on top of the the line work that needs to be done and all the guide sails. It's just gonna be a piece of work. Not only that, but everybody is kind of dreading the prospect of someone is going to draw the short straw on duty and have to scrape the bodies out of the envelope in Mm -hmm. order to make sure that there are no other unforeseen problems that pop up. But we can see the faces of the crew of the Uhuru around the ship. They are stony and aggrieved. None more than the crew members who are currently working the gangplank, as normally those two who raise and lower the gangplank are Daisy and Fuentes. And only Fuentes remains, and they are in no condition. To be working right now, but the grapple lines are cast and caught. The ships are drawn together, and a procession is made. A question for Orimar: On whose ship are you meeting?
1: We're walking over to theirs because, if nothing else, the moment the likes of uh, Mister Winchester setting foot on the uhuru uh, regardless of what ormar says or does he could not guarantee his safety mm-hmm. uh, i think at this point if anybody from the silver bullet decided to set foot on the uhuru it would be considering their lives forfeit so yeah ormar takes the procession of the council and i think ormar takes spit as well all right again a mirroring of uh having that previous time in their past where they had to go and speak to another ship that decided that they wanted to uh, be part of a mutiny and failed and how we had to handle that on the other side. ormar recalls such a moment and uh, calls for Spit and says to Spit off camera, it seems we must have this conversation once more.
0: Spit nods. I'm at your side as always.
1: Thank you very much old friend.
0: So there is a procession from the Uhuru, and we can see the massive crew of the Uhuru. Like, hostilities are down right now. Nobody is expecting a fight, but they are prepared for it. Mm. Uh, Those crew who are remaining aboard the Uhuru are standing casually around muskets. Making sure that they are clean and ready, and some of them perhaps even loaded. Mm. The rest of the crew, like is boarding down to like make a line for the captain to prepare the way for Oromar. They have been in this situation many times before. The Uhuru crew would never be foolish enough to allow their captain aboard another ship to simply be kidnapped and sent into another standoff, especially for a ship whose reputation lies so much with deception.
1: Mm. And though, if everybody else is also okay with this, can we all be dressed in black? We are already grieving.
0: Mm. Oh yes, yeah. I I love the idea of bringing out funeral clothes with the only splash of color being this purple this cape. brilliant yeah. purple cape. Yeah. You are met on the deck by the captain and his council. You can see winchester enforces aboard his ship uniforms of sort you know everybody is wearing these these blue shirts with the white cuffs and him having the most fantastic version of it it is a bizarre like it's halfway between like a blazer Mm -hmm. and like a pirate coat Mm -hmm. um You know, it's all very businessy. There, There are lots of of gold details and whatnot along it. He also has a toothpick in his mouth. And it is, of course, a jewel-encrusted
1: toothpick.
3: Mm.
5: (laughs) Mm. Uh, That's so easy to lose.
0: Well met, Oromar Vale.
1: Oromar signs back. Please excuse me. I don't want to deign using my voice with you. Mm. And with that, I think, like,
0: there is a nervous laughter that comes from Armand Winchester. He is quickly backed up by his counsel, definitely putting on a show for the crew that remains on his deck. Well, then perhaps I can offer you libations. And he gestures towards his own captain's quarters. He is making an offer to have these negotiations be conducted in private. This is something that you, as the captain at advantage in this parlay, can refuse if you would desire
1: mm-hmm. to. Oromar says, I would rather drink river water.
0: Woo! Woo! A stony sort of grim atmosphere falls around this. They were not expecting this negotiation to go well by any stretch of the imagination, but this is about as poor as anything can go. Nonetheless, he is a captain. Even if he is not the captain that Oromar Vale is, Armand is someone who has led his crew through difficult situations. Then let your terms be known, Oromar Vale.
1: We require both repairs and we require repairs and we require funeral cost managed. We have lost members of our crew. You are responsible and therefore it is only apt that you cover what needs to be covered.
0: I think Armand nods. 'Tis a fair request. I request safety for my crew.
1: Unless you're saying your crew are made of gold, I have no interest in them.
0: Oramar Vale, you have a reputation for being ruthless. I I knew that I knew that before we were sent to collect your flag. But Your reputation as to have that ruthlessness towards the feather. You are a corsair, same as I. Your men, corsairs, same as mine. We fly under similar flags. Was nothing personal?
1: Absolutely. If you wanted to make this a personal matter, this conversation would be going very... He glances to his his left arm covered by the cape differently.
0: I can see we are at disadvantage. That's true. But if you're proposing that I take action, that would lead to the certain demise of everyone aboard this ship. I need only raise a hand and we'd fight to our last and the number of crew that you'd be burying would be considerable more, now wouldn't it?
1: Would you really throw the lives of your crew away so frivolously?
0: You've already said that you wish to throw them away, and I'd rather them die on their feet against blades than in the water against seals. <laughs> and I think they'd all agree. And with that, there is a hearty eye that comes from each and every member Mm. of the Silver Bullet crew. So again, Mm -hmm. safety for my crew.
1: So you would rather us offer a hand of benevolence, raise you from the uh, pit that you found yourselves in?
0: Same thing I'd expect you'd be offering if this had gone different. It didn't, though. With that, I mean, we've got a villainous pirate here. We've got a 15-year-old who spoke up out of turn. He goes, I, and you might be the Star Watcher, isn't it?
5: That I am. I'm also the one that grounded your ship.
0: <laughs> His eyes rise up. Well, we were wondering how you managed to pull that off. Skilled must you be. You might have a long career ahead of you, lad, but there are a few things that you need to consider. Every decision that you make in these skies, it leaves a mark, and if you want to be the sort of man who doesn't parlay once hostilities have gone down, people tend to remember that. All need be is one or two souls make it away from this ship and find their way to port. And then, should the Uhuru ever fall upon ill luck against an opponent that doesn't fly a feather's flag, and you might all find yourself being gripped by the river. And that's not something I'd wish on anyone. So, if you wish to be captain, remember that. "'and remember the things that all these captains do here today. "'Yes, I ask for benevolence, if you'd have me put it that way. "'But I would never ask such a thing without offering you something in return. "'I've made my threat, and I've made my stakes there clear.' Should you decide to leave us in a pit from which we can't raise ourselves, we'd rather face steel and fire than water. But, as I said, I was sent to take your flag, and I'd be willing to part with that information for the consideration of the safety of McCrew. Hmm.
2: It's the red feathers. It's the red feathers. The red feathers want the flag. That's not useful information.
0: With all due respect, Miss, Gable is dressing more femme. Yes. So, with all due respect, Miss, that ain't it. The red feathers don't deal with corsairs. And if the silver bullet's one thing, it's a corsair ship. But we do deal. Hmm. <laughs>
2: Gable whispers, "There are only like three other people that it could be." I feel like we can narrow down <laughs> context clues. I don't think we need to get that from him. Hmm. We, we should ask for their general height. <laughs> Just like, are they blonde? Are they? Was, was you know?
5: And and then John uh, also to the captain. Sorry for sorry for kind of talking out of my breath right there. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I did, Is this whispering I, bad? I was using, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that Oromar like bristles, like you feel his hair start to move, and you're like, oh. Okay, we're gonna, gonna
3: spit, okay, spit. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oromar has to be such a strong, charismatic person, and in this moment, I don't know how strong and charismatic I am being. Hmm. You're crushing it, yeah, Oromar. I think that in in this moment of stillness, with not too much of the body to have to move, Oromar manages a smile, and it takes time. And I think the time to make that smile emerge is what gives it weight.
0: Ooh, yeah. Oh, I really like the idea that Oromar has just
1: not been playing around with facial expression. Oh, has been stony-faced for because it's hard. <laughs> it's it's a lot of yeah. very small, fine movement mm-hmm. when moving the body is so much easier. And and we know that Dref
0: programmed them
1: in, but like it's
0: so much more efficient to communicate exactly through hand sign than it would be mm-hmm. through facial expressions oh
1: yeah like, yeah like the, the the winning like the 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 captain's winning smile is easy this smile is more of a kind of like i, I think john actually i think recognizes the kind of poses from having attended a sermon of the church of the Furlet fallen god that kind of like ah yes uh sheep come into my arms for you mm-hmm. have found salvation kind of smile that slowly comes across his face Salvation can be yours. We do have the resources. The damage you have taken to your ship is not quite the damage we have taken unto ours. We are in a position to offer you some tools to be able to get yourself back into shape. And likewise, you have some tools that we can use.
0: Now that's the sort of conversation that I am much more agreeable to.
1: But... I do need an assent from you beyond just words. Kneel to me uh, as your king, and the benevolence shall be provided.
3: Hmm. Oh.
5: Johnny, while this intense ass scene is happening, just seeing you slowly with your Mike's Hard Lemonade slushy. <laughs> I'm just
4: I'm just enjoying the show, baby. I,
5: I'm I'm only uh, regretting that I don't have
4: one. It's I'll tell you, it's it's a treat. It's a real treat.
1: I'm definitely going to need a stiff drink after this, good gosh.
2: Did you uh, pour out the Mike's Hard and then put it in the freezer? Mhm. I pour it into uh, a bag.
0: <laughs> so we return once again to the long line of prospective applicants uh in front of the skyship Uhuru. Uh we, we see now one person coming off the line uh, approaching the audition table. Johnny, would you like to describe this person for us?
4: Yeah, this person is
0: um well, are, is this person
4: allowed to exist in their in their state in this universe? I think
0: I think in uh, in the space of Uhurus, certainly the space you say. <laughs>
4: um, this person is uh, about six feet tall, got big old bug eyes, a little green snoot, uh, wearing an eye patch over one of those eyes, and a a really lovely. Um, Oh gosh! you know what's really fun now is that hair is different than it used to be, so this is certainly a wig with a middle part.
5: Mm. Uh, Ooh. Uh,
4: there we go. very trendy, yeah mm. and uh you know an all black space jumpsuit. <laughs> all right, so they and place one and pench- one hand that's a robot hand oh. <laughs> wow so many so many questions.
5: Um, uh, thank you for this resume um what wha- what what what's what's your name Lena
2: Gilo
4: from the Minoc
2: do uh, not it, speak to this demon i've it never says seen here such on, a creature on your resume that your name is rice crispy uh, Right,
0: yeah
4: my <laughs> name so my name is lena gilo i'm from the ship the minar uh but right <laughs> now we can all assume my name is rice crispy so from here okay. on out, uh huh. My okay. name, Lena Gilo, is Rice Krispy. So okay. cool. starting so up. okay,
5: Rice, Krispy, um, Rice. Talking talking to you.
4: Oh, Rice! Me, you
5: keep looking away. Me, yeah. right? Okay, got you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Um, okay. Y- y- what is what is what is a minoc?
1: Apparently, it's a, it's ship. a ship. Which my Th- first question you. then is, uh, why are you trying to work on our ship? if you already got one.
4: Uh well, funny story. Um it t- so look, a lot has happened in the past few years. Uh for one, no one knows how to fix the ship. Um okay. so it's mm-hmm. it's in a state, I've got to say. Um and I can't be the only one doing dishes on the ship anymore. <laughs> so there are dirty dishes everywhere and I refuse to do them.
1: So not oh. an engineer ticks okay. a box uh, on an well, engineer. You know, a good roommate. You say <laughs> okay. that because I
4: think legally I am an engineer. Okay, but hmm. but I am and, a, and a, I think I'm a fine engineer. But sometimes you just you find other passions in life. You know,
2: it's so interesting. It seems like you're rediscovering yourself <laughs> as you speak to us, <laughs> I, which is an interesting psychological. <laughs>
1: Uh, I feel a like a mental I've been maybe.
4: asleep for years, and maybe I've just woken up from <laughs> a sleep that was a long time.
1: Well, you are looking a little green under the collar.
0: Uh-huh. I'm, I'm oh. above the collar, for that matter.
1: You, you're green. green. You're, green, you're everywhere. green. Also, you're, also
2: green. you're a bug, and that's uh, freaking me I'm out. Not, that's really freaking me out. It's not
1: polite to I'm stare, a Gabe. bug.
5: <laughs>
4: Thank you.
2: Okay.
5: Okay. Well then how about this? You are, you are an, in- okay. Can I call you Rice? Why would you? That's you. Oh, <laughs> <It's-> right. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Of course. <laughs> okay. If you, if this happens two more times, I'm just going to go back to, to Lena Gilo. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Okay. That's fine too. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to know. So you're, you are, you are, are or were an engineer, you're not really feeling it right now, and you're you're kind of like doing new stuff, you gotta have a job on the ship. You gotta have a job on the Uhuru. Alright? I don't know how they do things on the Minoc, but on the Uhuru, if you're on here, you do do a job. So okay, what that, was mm-hmm. that job
4: that you'd like to have? I'll tell you what. I am great. I'm a great cook, and I'm a better killer, and I love rules. So I hope you guys have a lot of rules for your ship. I well, If there's a lot of rules and procedure, I'm on board.
1: Well, it's funny. Um, we do actually have uh, a member on our ship who who sounds strangely like you. Funnily enough, I couldn't think but, why. Uh, but um, a, a but they are not particularly into rules, and we are looking to replace them. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow, well, it's they... almost uh, what what dynamic traits that these two folks seem to have? So different from each other, and yet so alike.
2: Almost it, as it... if they're. Two halves it seems like of the, the same, same amount hole. of effort is put into both. <laughs> it's just kind well, of the, the baseline well, you, that you what, bring, and like, anything
5: on top of that is is you should cherish it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: just like kind of one off. Uh, I am I am doing I
4: am doing my best, and so help me if that's not good enough for you, I will end. Boy, these, these voices are the
2: really plan. are similar aren't but they? different.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, look! It appears that the uh, sun is going down outside.
2: Is that a thing that I forgot? No, no, it's your new your new man. No, no, it's your
4: new man. Doesn't it? yeah? <laughs> oh, he's not here. Where is he? Where is he? By, no, by the way, he's not on the council, so he shouldn't be bothered to show up to council things. That's fair. You that's seem
1: fair. very uh, well aware of uh, our count our ca- our ex council members' uh, duties at the moment. Uh, right? Well, uh, Weegee f-
4: Councils are very big politically where I come from too, so.
1: Uh, we
0: cut over to the tavern where where Travis is, is currently drinking now in, in his human form that the sun has gone down. Okay, usually when you say, next round of drinks is on me, it means you pay for the drinks. No, the next round of drinks is on me. I'll be drinking
4: the next round of drinks.
0: What would you say? It's a round of drinks. It's assumed in the fact that you're getting drinks. that that, that That's what round means. It no, doesn't mean you be- don't need to say on me. On be- me means you're paying. It's a
4: round of drinks because the glass is round.
5: Okay, everybody, I have a round of, of mead. <laughs> and who's going to be picking the tab on this one? That would be him. No, no, no. I'm drinking. He will be picking up the tab. No, nope, He said he said. Next round, next round of drinks, round of drinks is, is on, on me. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to ask you guys to stop fucking around. Who's going to fit in this tab?
4: <laughs> uh,
5: okay.
4: I'll be honest with you. I know what the next round of drinks is on me means. I was just seeing if I could, you know, have a little fun with you, and apparently not. He'll be getting the drinks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we cut back to the audition table. Okay, it says here on your resume under special skills uh, that, that you're a magician.
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's true.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, well, what skill well, of magic do you resume, particularly so, prefer? Is it uh, is a, a necromantic? Is it a pyromancy?
4: No, like sleight of hand. You can oh. remove your hand? Uh, ah. Well, I can do that too. You mean to like you. this? And then just his
1: pulls his own hand. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> you too! Uh, Lena holds the robot hand up to, like, high-five Oromar's.
1: <laughs> the hand separately, like, the thing just kind of, like, leaps off Jonet's <laughs> shoulder and <laughs> gives an air high-five.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. And now, <clears throat> is that... But that's not a
1: robot hand. Huh. Uh, what? What's a robot?
4: Oh, uh, you know, some automaton bullshit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a, a clockwork, a clockwork, some clockwork. To clockwork. The fuck.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, I, I, all right, okay. So you're here, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm you're here. here.
4: We just need to accept that this. is We just
2: need to accept that you're of here. Obviously, we can't hire you because you know the implications, reasons, mm-hmm. and implications, and so. I think it would make people too happy. But I think that we have to. This is a good discussion point to like check in mentally. How do you feel? Do you feel like is everything g- good with you, or um, why? You, I I
1: Gable is know a licensed you. therapist. you realize? Yeah,
2: like, this is so how are you feeling?
5: Well, they're they're working on their license. The they have been I, for uh, a while. I
2: read the book. <laughs> and you read the back cover of the I've book i've read the back cover of the book so lenick or mr crispy uh what? if you how how would if anyone wanted to know how's it hanging
4: um i've had my ups and downs mm-hmm. um you know i've been i've been going through a bit of a rough patch lately my um my son just left home to go to college um, oh. so that's been that's been tough
0: some kind of like an empty nester. We cut to a red feather military academy where we see. Uh, a hallway where the lights are, like, kind of flickering on and off, and there is a very, like, ruffled-looking like looking red feather soldier crawling on their hands and knees, uh, uh breathing w- with, like, hatched breath, and then the light flickers on, and you can see a 400-pound vorn skier behind them, and then the light flickers off, and we just hear a scream, uh, and then we cut back to the audition table. Um, but he writes oh, a lot, so that's nice.
4: But, you know, Harper it's just so... It's so hard to be, um, you know, I thought it was hard being a single mom, but it's even harder being
2: a mom that's all alone. An empty nester. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, if,
5: if, if, again, we can't, we can't let you on. Absolutely. Again, it would break, it would break worlds. And I think we would have to pay one of our crew members double to be both. Yeah. Yeah. So I, to, I don't know if it's going to work. I,
0: I don't think legally that can be justified. Hey.
5: Oh, actually, if, no, wait a minute. I think if if we all just reprise the characters that we have been doing, we could, yeah, we would have to be paid extra.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if that's the case, then I, I deserve some back pay because <laughs> I, I was pulling double duty for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's fair. Fair commentary. Um,
0: is, is that is that because you didn't change much? Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: hey, maybe. Hey, hey,
4: maybe Nemo would have been a little more fun to be around oh? had he been incentivized financially.
2: <laughs> There's. Um, oh, right. Yeah, I'm just. Anyway, we, uh, we've moved. Uh, I'm emotionally moved on. Mm-hmm. Same, same. I I feel like, uh, Liz, I feel like you're alone. (laughs) This is one of the recent
0: submissions.
2: (laughs) It's, It's just, it's just, I, I appreciate where all of this came from. I respect it. Same. But I also feel that when you are here, it becomes increasingly obvious that you are just you again. But
4: but but a little different.
2: (laughs) But a little different. But also
4: kind of the same. (laughs) Well, also who's to who's to who's who could remember? Okay, now it's really coming through. (laughs) (laughs) Remember what happened so a a long time ago in In a a galaxy galaxy far, far 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 away? away. (laughs) Who could who uh, uh, who like I said? It's it feels as if I've been sleeping for so long and i've awoken and i'm still maybe in a little bit of a dream
1: how is it possible that i'm the captain of the ship and still somehow feel like a fifth wheel <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, i i'm sorry look i'll i'll go back to 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 my ship um one one more thing that i do have to say before i leave though is you know it was great talking to all of you um and I'm not just so sad and lonely because my son went off to college, but um, canonically, everyone else on my ship did die of terminal diarrhea. So um, I do have to be.
2: I'm so sorry.
4: All right, Lenik, we, we brought the
0: car around. It's time to go. It's time to go home. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, this isn't a dance recital. <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm coming. This is an audition to join another ship.
4: What are you talking about? Are you joining it's...
0: another ship?
4: Apparently not. Is this about the dishes that you won't clean up? Hey, no, it's about the dishes that you won't clean up. It's not
0: my job to clean the dishes. Oh, so it's I'm your job to clean the dishes. The dishes? Oh, wait a minute, wait back, a minute.
5: You are, are cleaning those dishes, Lena. You, we are you on your... Our ship and <laughs> you're at the on the port, you're so far away. Just go yell at each other in in front of each other.
0: Go, Lena, Come over here to yell at me.
4: Okay, I'm coming. CT seventeen seventy seven, a different clone, because CT seventeen seventy six died of terminal diarrhea, <laughs> just like I'm everyone else on the ship. calling me different
2: names to tease me. You know I don't like it. As far as I know, this is a different man who isn't who didn't, the, the other one did die of terminal <laughs> diarrhea. As far as I'm concerned,
5: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't remember it enough to know that they were CT seven evident. I didn't know back to had one. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I'm shocked. That I
4: remembered it too.
5: That like that flowed out of your like mouth so fluidly. You
4: know how in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he's able to get out of the handcuffs when it's funny? I think that's how my memory works.
0: Campaign Skyjacks is a One-Shot Network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing.
5: Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter.
2: And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles.
5: We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the One Shot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.
0: You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like all my fantasy children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world-building, and storytelling podcast powered by you! Each week, best friends Aaron Catano sayez and Jeff Stormer take a listener-submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they populate a shared universe one story at a time. They share laughs, stories, and verbal hugs along the way. Jonat Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. He also co-stars and consults on Showtime's Work in Progress. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Madigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at E N T. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A R N E. P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. To
2: the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends near to rise Twice to the dearest
1: we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky